if you use landmines, you're an atheist, is what I read that as. <laughs> <laughs> All landmines are atheists. <laughs> uh, anyway, mm -hmm. you don't want to step on them. You don't want to really step on anybody. <laughs> but I feel like if you step on an atheist, they're more likely to explode. <laughs> Welcome to We Talk About Dead People, a podcast where we pick two dead people and talk about their lives. I'm your host, Aaron C., and I'm here with my good friend and co-host, James D. Say hi, James. Hey, Clinton, leave those aids alone. We hope to keep our listeners entertained and interested while we break down these characters from the odd and exciting family that is humanity. The way this works is that James and I will do our amateurs best to give a basic account of the major events in these people's lives and how they responded to them. We also hope to give a fairly accurate depiction of their individual character, which is harder to do but we're going to try anyway. So, James, who do we have this week? Well, we have Levi Boonhelm and Samuel Colt. Whoa! Yeah, one's a serial killer from the Old West, and the other built so many guns. Oh, well, okay, gotta have those guns if you're going to fight for liberty. Uh-huh. It's the American way, James. It's the American way. Yeah, well, um, shall we just saddle up and head down to the history lab? Abso-fucking-lutely! One, a gunsmith and a possibly... Fuck! Two men. One, a gunsmith and possibly a doctor. The other, a killer and mountain man, way worse than you could possibly imagine. In the battle for who can take better advantage of our darkest human proclivities, these two dudes go toe-to-toe -to -toe in a fight that will go down in history as so improbable, so insane, so unlikely, so unthinkable, so surprising, so magical, so... Fuck! Hi, and welcome to another episode of Retold, a history podcast, kinda. As usual, I'm your host, Becca. Uh, uh-oh, who's messing with the lights? Why, hello there, you pathetic armchair historian. Oh, dear God. Lord, history? You thought you could hide forever, did you? What are you doing on my show? Believe me, I know all about you, my dear. You see, unlike you and the whole internet gang of unacademic, unqualified, uncouth, pathetic, fake historians, I always check my sources. <laughs> okay, I already knew you were evil, but this is downright creepy. I know your kind. You think history should be fun and engaging, just like those two idiots over there and me talk about dead people. I'll admit it, they are idiots. Well, that's a first for a fake historian. At least you can see reason unlike those other fools. Of course, you understand why I have to shut you down. Shut me down? Sorry, not sorry. Pull the puncture, would you? Right out, all history. Well, this is just ridiculous. So, James, tell me, if you had to pick one type of vegetable to wear every day, what would it be, and how would you wear it? Huh. Mm, okay, well, I would definitely pick a potato. A potato. And I would wear several potatoes. Several like potatoes. a bullet vest. Oh. Just, you know, that strap like across a bandolier. Chest. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Yeah. A bullet vest, what was I saying? Yeah, bandolier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. anyway. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like a bullet vest, but more like a bullet strap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. 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 Interesting. See, I'd pick zucchinis for shoes, just like David Berg always wanted. Uh, yeah. 
Okay, yeah, but didn't he also say he wanted to sleep with his mom? Remember? Oh. Said it was his only regret in life? I no? don't recall. Well, you wrote it. What? You you covered David Berg. Oh. Oh, what? Yeah. What, what the hell? Someone, someone's coming down to the lab. Could it be Pickles? Meow. No, he's, he's right there. Dear God, it must be Lord History. He's finally come for us. Get the guns. Get the guns. Okay, okay. Oh, my God. Now we have all these ancient cult revolvers. Yeah, but they'll have to do. Just, just load up. Okay. Door's about to open. Here he comes. Rain hell. Did we get him? I can't tell. There's too much smoke. You two are the worst shots in the history of the planet. What? Lord History, what happened to your evil, evil voice? I'm not Lord History. Lies! Aaron, come on. There's no way that that is Lord History. I don't trust her. I actually hear about that. About what? Lord History. He's shut down my podcast. Oh, God, just like fake Adam from episode five. That guy was such an ass. Who are you anyway? My name is Becca. My show is Retold, a history podcast. Kinda. Oh, what? Look, this is no joke. My podcast is, well, it's important to me. And I can't just let some jerk like Lord History shut me down because he thinks I'm a fake historian. Wait, are you a real historian? Uh, no. But that's not the point. The point is, he's after all of us. And I think we need to form an alliance. An alliance? An alliance of fake historians. Also, I need to borrow a hat. Now, wait just a second. A hat? What makes you think we'd have a hat? Well, there's a huge stack of them over there. James, she's a hat. Well, why don't you stop her? Oh, I don't know. I feel like we might owe her one after nearly shooting her. Uh, Yeah, good point. Just take whatever you like. Yeah, sorry about the whole nearly killing you thing. Eh, it's it's whatever. Uh, May I ask what you need a hat for? I've been tweeting Richard III a lot. I need a new bio picture. Something to impress my historical medieval boyfriend. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Let me tell you exactly what you mean. Do you actually... Uh, no. So, what do you say? Alliance? We'll call it the... Society of Fake Historians. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah, sounds great. Then that settles it. But I'm afraid I've got to go rebuild my history lab now. You have a history lab, too? Yeah. Doesn't everyone? Oh, I mean, yeah. Oh, I mean, of course they do. Okay, then. (laughs) We'll be in touch. In the meantime, learn some trigger discipline and work on your aim. Also, it would probably be a good idea to get guns that don't use black powder. Thanks for the suggestions. Yeah, uh, um, stay uh, vigilant. I will. But just remember, none of this would have happened if you two had not caught Lord History's eye to begin with. So you may owe me another hat or two in the future. Sure, you're welcome back anytime, fellow fake historian. Actually, I prefer fictitious antiquarian. See ya. Well, I guess that means we have two podcaster friends now. It is better than having none. I wonder if Bryce at Naked Mormonism has heard from Lord History yet. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, computer, please bring up Levi Boonhelm and Samuel Colt. Affirmative, my lord. 
Yeah, we are. <laughs> so, uh, what is Levi Boonhelm best known for? Well, Boonhelm is best known for being a mountain man, gunfighter, and serial killer oh. of the American Wild West. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, that sounds like it's gonna be pretty dark, yeah. pretty shady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do we need to leave out, like, a trigger warning for all our snowflakes? Well, there are a lot of trigger pulling in this story. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yes, for, for those of you who might be considered snowflakes... <laughs> You might not want to listen to this episode. Yeah, and this is an official trigger warning because, uh, you know, Samuel Colt is, you know, a gun maker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so trigger warning there. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so uh, tell us, what did Boonhelm actually look like? Well, if Captain James T. Kirk and Bowser had a night of wild passion, their love child would definitely have been Boonhelm. I'm trying to imagine this. Well, yes. I... Emma Bowser and Captain Kirk. So a pretentious turtle. So like, I, I just kind of imagine. I remembered that clip you showed me of Captain Kirk singing that song. But oh, not really? What was that? Oh called? shoot! It was. Um, I don't even remember the actor's name right now. That's how. Let's just pause this. Right. All right, we looked it up. Okay. So William Shatner. Yes. Yes. And singing Rocket Man, which you should all go watch right now. It's hilarious. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, so tell me about Samuel Colt. What okay. is he best known for? So, so uh, Samuel Colt is best known for creating some of the deadliest and most efficient arms in the history of the world. Wow. Yeah. 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 What do you look like? Uh, he is a big man, hmm. always pictured holding his weapon. Sure. Like every picture <laughs> of him, he's holding one of his pistols. He's got a great biggie, biggie, big, <laughs> bushy, there black are. beard, and longish hair. Style choices are questionable, but not condemnable. Oh, okay. Well, good. It's old-fashioned. Indeed. Yeah. So, hey, what, 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 what? Why don't, what? We, why don't we just move right over into Boonhelm's early life? Why don't we just do that? Excellent choice. Okay. Okay. Boonhelm was born on January 28th, 1828 in Kentucky, which ah! is unfortunate. <laughs> we love Kentucky. We do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> We're family from Kentucky. <laughs> They're all family in Kentucky. <laughs> anyway, so his family was generally considered to be a pretty great bunch. Good. Um, they were hardworking and respected by their community. Okay. While he was still a boy, Boonhelm's parents moved the family to Missouri, and this was probably somewhat of a mistake. Oh no! See, much of Missouri at this point in time was still considered wild, ah. and so now basically the family is living on the American frontier. Also, they're living in misery. <laughs> I, I, I met a girl from Missouri, she was really cool, she had blue hair. Oh. And she always, she would never say Missouri, she always said misery. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of how I picture it. <laughs> <laughs> I've yeah. driven through Missouri many times, and uh, it is quite the state. Okay, well, of affairs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to stay in a hotel like a mile from where the, the riots were going on. Oh, jeez! After that one police shooting, that was that was bizarre. Yeah. Well, for me anyway, because I'd never seen anything like that. I was just like, well, I guess I kind of expected this in Chicago, but not like. Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Weird. So, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Tell okay. us more. Uh, so, yeah. So, Boonhelm absolutely loved growing up on the frontier. Okay. And he quickly became known for being a total ass <laughs> and fell into habits such as quarreling, fighting, and heavy drinking. At what age? We're like a paragraph into his early There's life. There's nothing on his, like, early childhood, so oh, okay. I'm guessing teenager years or whatever. Okay. Anyway, so one, uh, one way in which he enjoyed showing off to the other young men was by throwing his bowie knife into the ground so it just stuck there. Wow. Then he would jump on a horse right at full speed, hang off the side of his horse, and pick up the knife that was stuck into the ground. <laughs> okay. Which is kind of awesome, but... Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, although, uh, Boonhelm also had a, uh, a few run-ins with the law growing up. Uh-oh. In one case... In one court case... When, uh, <laughs> in one case... In one case, in court, uh, Boonhelm was summoned... <laughs> 
You better mark this My shit. <laughs> okay, in one case, a uh, court was held in Boonhelm's town. Okay. And the judge demanded that Boonhelm be brought in to defend himself for one reason or another. Oh. So the sheriff goes out and finds Boonhelm, and Boon angrily resists arrest, escapes the sheriff and his men, jumps on a horse, proceeds to ride the horse to the courtroom, Wha which is on the second floor of the building. What? So Boon rides his horse past everybody downstairs, rides the horse up the stairs into the courtroom, and begins yelling profanity at the judge. <laughs> Well, and that's all we have on the story. Okay, well, how did that turn out? Uh, probably not too good. Okay. But it is Missouri, and there is no law. <laughs> <laughs> no order. No. Oh, God. Uh, so we're going to skip to the age of 20. All right. <laughs> and at this point, Boonhelm finds a nice and respectable respectable, a respectable <laughs> girl, and the two got married and soon had a daughter. Yay! But neither his wife or new daughter seemed important to Boone. No! He regularly got drunk, continued participating in local petty crime, and probably... Uh, actually definitely beat his wife. Oh, God. Yeah. So after just a year of being married, his wife escaped with her daughter and ran to the authorities for protection. Good. Uh, the woman was very quickly granted a, a divorce, and Boonhelm responded by celebrating his new freedom, getting really drunk, and deciding that he should move to either Texas or California. Okay. So not a great guy. No. But just hold on. He gets a lot worse. Oh, God. <laughs> and we'll talk more about that when we return to Boonhelm's adult life. Well, that sounds good to me there, buddy. Yep. Wait, would he have a southern accent? I don't think so. Oh, wow, that is an excellent southern accent. It's excellent? It is. Oh! Yeah, we're gonna have to use that. Oh, nice. Well, how about I tell you about Samuel Colt's early life, then? Yes. Just completely in this voice. <laughs> you can listen to me drawl. <laughs> <laughs> okay? Uh, okay. Alright, so Samuel Colt was born in the good old U.S. of A. That's my southern accent. You're <laughs> Samuel Colt was born in the good old U.S. of A. on a hot summer day in 1814. Hmm. He was the son of a farmer named Christopher Colt and a mother named Sarah Colt, who died when he was six. Oh. Uh, yeah. Interesting tidbit here, though. Uh, Colt's grandfather had fought in the American Revolution with the Continental Army oh. and saved a flintlock pistol from the conflict, which was eventually passed to Colt. When he was like six, uh, the American way. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's Give the your most toddlers guns. That's, that's the most American thing I've ever heard. Yeah, uh, a revolutionary war pistol being given to a child. Y yes. <laughs> uh, so Colt had several siblings, and their lives are fucking sad. Oh. His oldest sister Margaret died of tuberculosis at nineteen. Jeez. Uh, his 19. other sister committed suicide. Oh. One brother became a lawyer, and the other a textile merchant, and the third a murderer oh. who also committed suicide the day he was to be executed so there you go. Wow, this is so American. Everyone has guns and the families don't work. <laughs> <laughs> and disease. Terrible, yeah. terrible disease. Yes. <laughs> uh, so when Colt was 11, he was indentured to a farmer in a nearby town where he started attending school while also doing farm work for his sponsor. Mm. He was an avid reader and was gifted with great intelligence. Ah. His favorite book was a scientific encyclopedia called The Compendium of Knowledge, so oh, there's oh. that. Uh, so he would read this book when he was supposed to be studying uh, his Bible, ah. so there's that. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So he took a particular interest in the compendium's bits about gunpowder and the like, mm. like boys do, yes. discovering that things like guns were once deemed impossible to make. And so early on, he set a goal in his life to do the impossible, which is super cool, by yeah, the way. Yeah, sure. Um, he spoke with soldiers uh, who were talking about a great need for guns that could fire faster than muskets. Yeah. Or uh, the then popular double-barreled rifle, hmm. which I didn't know was a thing. No. I, you always think of a double-barreled shotgun. Sure. Anyway, he dreamed of creating a rifle that could shoot more than five times without reloading. Yikes. Uh, and at this young age, he decided to begin work uh, on creating... 
The Impossible Gun. Jesus. That's what he said. He oh, said okay. it was The Impossible so, Gun. Cool. So, uh, it's 1829. Colt is 15. Mm-hmm. He begins working at his father's textile plant in Massachusetts. Uh, there, he had access to all kinds of tools and machines and people who knew what they were doing. Ah. Uh, using his encyclopedia and his massive brain, Colt started building explosives. Oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> he told the town of Ware that he was going to blow up a massive raft on the local pond using underwater explosives. Sweet. And he did. Kind of. Oh, okay. um, the explosion was massive, but somehow missed the raft. <laughs> so shortly after this event, he was sent to boarding school. Not mm-hmm. sure if that's connected to his obsession with bombs and guns. I hope not. Uh, anyway, if it was, it didn't stop shit. Oh. He reportedly spent a lot of time working with pyrotechnics to amuse his asshole friends and eventually set fire to the school by sheer <laughs> reckless behavior. Oh, so he was kicked out, yes, of course, yes. and went off to become a man of the sea. He's 16 at this time. Wow. Okay. So he ends up on a brig called Corvo, headed for Calcutta. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he seems to like this life. There's chaos and adventure, which is something that you can easily see him being attracted to. Yeah. Anyway, on this ship, he notices something. The rain's beating down. He's at a terrible day and he's uh. soaked and is in trouble with his boss mm. but his mind is teeming like the great Odysseus mm. he's in the wheelhouse watching the captain steer the sound calms to a whisper the inspirational Thomas Newman music starts to play in the background oh. he's seen the ship's wheel turning stopping turning stopping and this gives him an idea he later builds a model of a pepper box revolver out of scrap wood. Uh-huh. Uh, but this one is different. Pepper box pistols are basically revolvers, but well, they're weirder. Oh. Uh, a pepper box pistol is a pistol with six barrels, um, and like you rotate all six barrels between shots. Okay. Um, and they're notoriously unreliable, oh. uh, mainly because the barrels don't always line up with the hammer, which That's basically <laughs> means they can blow up in your hand oh, man. Uh, if you don't align the barrels correctly. That's a good analogy for war. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you hippie. <laughs> yes. So, uh, Colt's wooden pepper box is different, though. It has uh, a mechanism built in designed specifically to lock the barrels in the correct positions every time so you don't misfire the weapon. Uh, uh, anyway, this is like a huge advancement in firearm technology. Sure. And when Colt returns to the United States in 1832, he's 18 now, oh. he convinces his father to fund the construction of a pistol and a rifle. Okay. Now, the pistol sucks and explodes <laughs> when fired, which is the opposite of what it's supposed to do. Uh, But the rifle actually works. Hmm. Uh, Colt's father sees this as a failure, though, to return on investment, and refuses to pay for Colt to produce any more weapons. I bet he's going to regret that later on. So what's a Colt to do? (laughs) He needs money to make his weapons of war, after all. Yes. And he finds this money in the wonderful world of laughing gas. Oh, ah. Otherwise known (laughs) as nitrous oxide. Ah, yes. It's a recent medical development, uh, recent to then, uh, that functions as a painkiller and often induces laughter because, well, uh, well, it makes you euphoric when you inhale it. So, mm. ah, yeah, so we okay. should totally do an episode on that. So, for like $1,000 a month, uh-huh. James and I will do an episode on laughing gas. Oh, God. Or you could just give us $20 and we'll do another drunk episode. <laughs> Which is probably similar. That's yeah. probably similar. similar but still, $1,000, everybody. $1,000. You're going to kill us both. Yes, I am going to yes. kill us both. Mm. Uh, right after this. <laughs> oh. We don't have any sponsors. <laughs> we don't want to be... We want to be ad-free forever if we can. Yes. But anyway. So, but uh, not ab-free. Not... <laughs> No, we love abs, and if you got them, we want to know. Yep. No. No. <laughs> uh, so anyway, 
should get back to Samuel Colt. Oh, yeah, sure. So Colt, with his nitrous ox oxide, hits the Quack Doctor Trail, started calling himself the celebrated Doctor Colt of New York, London, and Calcutta. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he advertised himself as a man of science and performed live demonstrations with his laughing gas on willing participants. Okay. Uh, he felt that if he could convince people that he was a legitimate scientist, they might be willing to support him in the construction of new weapons. <laughs> uh, but he also knows that most people at the time were bored by science lectures, so he comes up with a plan. Uh, and what was the plan? He hired an artist named Hiram Powers to make wax sculptures and paintings of characters from the Divine Comedy. Oh, so demons Dante, and things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he also constructs fireworks for his show that were to launch at the end and surprise everyone. <laughs> Shit. Uh, so his show ends up being extremely successful, which is hilarious. Yeah. Um, tying demonic imagery and fireworks to a nitrous oxide demonstration just seems like it wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, but it does. <laughs> okay. And Colt gets the money he needs to go back to constructing guns. America. <laughs> that is so America. <laughs> I know. Wow. Uh, but that's where we'll leave him for now. And we, when we come back to him, we'll be talking about his adult life. Okay. Okay. Now, should we take a break? I don't want to, but do you? Yes. Okay. I We're going to take a break because James is a crybaby and can't, can't, uh, <sighs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll take a break. We'll be right back, everybody. Alright, alright, alright! <laughs> oh god. And we are back to We Talk About Dead People, and when we left off, we were talking about Samuel Colt's early life and how he built a pistol out of wood. And pure Americanism. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now we're gonna be talking about Boone Helm's adult life. Yeah. Oh, take it away, James. Well, I'm gonna start it with a disclaimer, okay. which is always a good sign. Yes. No. So, yeah. <laughs> Alright, the life of Boone Helm is kind of confusing and complicated, and I found a few different sources that seem to contradict each other. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, I've done my best to piece together what I think makes the most sense and what the primary sources seem to indicate the most, but just take this with a grain of salt. As you should with everything we do, because yeah, we are not historians. <laughs> no, no, we're just two jackasses <laughs> with laptops. And one mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. disclaimer out. Yes. Go. When we last left Boonhelm, he was a ruffian in Missouri, which is redundant, I know. <laughs> but anyway, he had just gotten married, then he got divorced. Right. He's really drunk, and he's ready to head west and find a new life out there. Go west, young criminal. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And what do you know what? Things go terribly really fast. Huh. So one of these nights, Boone gets really, really drunk. And Again? Is, yeah. And he's thinking about his upcoming journey west. Hmm. He decides to go over to his neighbor's house while drunk. Okay. His neighbor, neighbor was this guy hilariously named Littlebury Shoot. <laughs> Littlebury Shoot. And uh, Littlebury Shoot might have been his cousin as well. Was uh, he also like a dapper hamster dressed in a top hat? <laughs> if you have a hamster, yeah. name it Littlebury Shoot. <laughs> well, no. No? Not, well, it, it depends on what you want to happen to this hamster. Oh, God. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. okay. So Boone goes to this guy uh, and he's totally intoxicated. And he starts telling Littlebury Shoot about how great the West will be and blah, blah, blah. And then Helm basically says, Hey, you should totally abandon your family and come with me! Oh. Yeah, now, Littlebury Shoot has absolutely no intention to do such a thing, but here is Boonhelm, probably armed, totally drunk, and known for his love for fighting, oh. basically ordering you to head west with him. Oh, shit. So Littlebury Shoot probably does the wise thing by telling Boone, I uh, sure I'll go with you. Now, Littlebury's plan was basically to wait for Boone to sober up, and then to explain to him that there's really no way or reason for him to go west with Boone. Yeah. It seems pretty reasonable, right? Definitely. Well, not to Boone. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. So soon after Boone uh, sobers up, he learns that Littlebury is going to flake out and not join him on his journey oh, west. Oh, no! 
So Boone arms himself, himself, goes to Littlebury's house, knocks on the door, and when Littlebury answers, Boone puts his arm on Littlebury's shoulder in a friendly way, and then says the following, which I'm going to ask you if you can read in your southern accent. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh... <laughs> Put me on the spot here. Well, yeah. So, Littlebury, you back down on the Texas question, have you? To which Littlebury tried to explain why, but Boone immediately cut him off and responded angrily, Well, are you going or not? Say yes or no. Well, Littlebury immediately said, No! <laughs> to which Boone responded by whipping out his bowie knife and plunging it into oh! Littlebury's heart, killing him pretty much instantly. Oh, God! Yeah, yeah, so it, it got pretty bad pretty fast. Jesus! Uh, Helm then got on his horse and rode west. Well, uh, Littlebury's brother and the men of the town were pretty pissed off by this whole thing. No so, shit. <laughs> yeah, so they quickly gave chase to Boone and finally found him hanging out at an Indian reservation. Okay. Uh, the men surprised Boone, captured him, and brought him back for trial. During his trial, though, Boone acted like a crazy man the whole time. <laughs> okay. Uh, and we don't really know whether this was by choice or not, but it worked. So Boone was convicted of murder, but the town physicians recommended that he he be put in an insane asylum rather than executed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so Boone Helm was moved to an insane asylum to live out the rest of his days. I get the sense he will not be here the rest of the time. Um, good choice. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so while here, Boone acted very quiet, reserved, and he obeyed all the rules. Okay. And eventually Boone befriended one of the keepers, and the two would often go on walks together. Probably Nurse Ratched. <laughs> Yeah, actually, the keeper sounds like a pretty chill dude. Oh, okay. uh, anyway. So the keeper eventually decided that Boone was completely docile and began taking him on walks in the countryside surrounding the asylum. Oh! While on these outside walks, the two men always walked past a grove of willow trees. Every time they passed, Boone would grow really excited and ask the keeper if he could go play in the willow trees. <laughs> Okay. The man would agree, and Boone began playing in the trees for a bit every time they went out on a walk. Alright. And after some time of doing this one day, Boone asked to go play in the trees, and the man agreed, so Boone ran into the trees like usual. Okay. However, one of the keeper's friends innocently approached it, and the two men began talking, <gasps> uh, which no. drew the keeper's attention away from Boone completely. No. And this was what Boone was waiting for, so he ran away and escaped. No! And <laughs> Sorry. That's all right. Okay, so he got away. And he's never seen in Missouri again. Well, good for Missouri, good for him. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. a mutual symbiotic relationship here. Yeah, yeah well. So it's, it's the Doppler effect. <laughs> That's right, the Doppler effect. <laughs> yes. So it's now the late 1850s, and the California gold rush is starting to really slow down, but Boone decides that he's going to try his luck with finding gold anyway. Okay. So upon eventually arriving in California, Boone proceeds to kill a couple people. <laughs> Just like that? Yep. Yep. Oh. Uh, we don't really know who they were or why this happened, but we do know that in at least one ca one of these cases, Boone planned ahead to kill a guy. Oh. So it wasn't just a spur of the moment or self-defense or, uh, or whatever. Uh, it's, they should have hanged him, for God's sake. Well, they they tried to. The, they, what? Yeah, so it's not long until the authorities, as well as vigilante justice groups, are after Boone, so he's on the run for, from justice once again. Good. And in 1858, Boone fled to Oregon and joined a group of six other men who were about to journey to Utah. Okay. These are just regular guys. Uh, uh, not, not, not criminals. Not criminals. Uh, yeah. They're going to Utah. It means they're probably, what, Mormons, maybe. Well, they're. I think they were going to Salt Lake City. So. We should get Bryce on the line. We should. <laughs> uh, too bad I killed him. <laughs> 
I'm kidding. <laughs> Sorry, Bryce. Anyway, so Boone figured that he could probably hide his identity more effectively if he was with a small group of innocent travelers. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. So after a few days of traveling, the men had gotten to know each other pretty well and were becoming friends. That's weird. Unfortunately, no, they're just traveling. Well, I mean, I mean <laughs> Boone has murdered several yeah, people. He's yeah, a bully, true. to say the least, but yeah. okay, sorry. Well, the friendship doesn't last long. Okay. So um, after a few days of traveling, the men had gotten to know each other pretty well and were becoming friends, which is what I read about 10 <laughs> seconds ago. Uh, unfortunately, Wait, you didn't read anything? Uh, no. We don't have a fucking script. <laughs> no. Come on. No. <laughs> I meant the color red. Oh, yes. Because I'm a communist. <laughs> Anyway, people so people are going to really think we're communists. Well, yeah, yeah, they are. Anyway, okay. So, unfortunately for Boone, he loved bragging. Ah! So one day the men are riding, and Boone is talking to one of the guys who is named McGranigan. Okay. Isn't and, that a isn't that a witch in Harry Potter? McGonagall? No, that's not. McGranigan. McGran. I don't know. It's McGonagall. I'm just thinking. I don't know. I, I okay, guess. so he's talking to McGranigan. Yeah, and Boone just blatantly says. Many's the poor devil I've killed at one time or another, and the time has been that I've been obliged to feed on some of them. <laughs> I like your voice better. <laughs> yeah, so it, uh, he just told McGranigan that he's eaten people before. Oh, uh, what? Wait, what? He, oh, let me let me feed do the... on some of them. Yeah, so he's killed oh. people and he's eaten some of eaten <laughs> eaten <laughs> some of those poor devils. Yeah. Uh, so okay. <laughs> McGranigan just kind of takes this as a joke <laughs> because his response was, Yep, and we'll have more of that feasting yet. Oh, God. And then McGranigan looked over at this guy named Groves in a jokingly, like, we're gonna eat you way. Oh. But it was a joke, except it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, Groves didn't really like this joke. Okay. And he started to really not trust Boone, which was definitely a good idea. Yes. So anyway, a few days later, the group found themselves near Indian territory. Okay. And Boone suggested to his fellow travelers that they should ally with the Snake Indian tribe and join them on a, rain a raid against the Walla Walla what? Indian tribe. What? Yeah, because uh, basically the Walla Wallas have a ton of horses, and Boone is thinking that if they capture these horses, they could make a pretty hefty profit at Salt Lake City. That's... Cunning. <laughs> it's a dick move. But here's another thing. Uh huh. Uh, Walla Walla, coming from a film guy. Yeah. Um, that's actually what they call crowd noises. Really? Yeah. They call that Walla Walla. Interesting. Interesting, right? I wonder if there's a connection there. Well, it's because it kind of sounds like Walla 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 Walla. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Hear it? Hear it? I don't know why they yeah. can't just call it crowd noise, but yeah. it's called Walla yeah. Walla. Yeah. Well, interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they're gonna rob these horses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bo and at this point, Groves, he's had enough with this group, so he abandons them and rides back to Oregon. And on his way, he actually sent a message to the chief of the Walla Wallas, telling him of the plot and suggesting that he guard his horse herds more carefully. Well, that's like, courteous really of nice him. thing. Yeah. Wow, shit, cool. So Boone and the other guys were forced to abandon the plan uh, then, so hurrah for Groves. Good. Anyway, Boone and the five others made the stupid decision of crossing the Rocky Mountains in the middle of winter. Oh, Ugh. Yeah, so snowstorms and high winds are rampant. Mm. And most of the wild animals were taking shelter and hiding. Of course. So the gang starts to freeze and starve to death in the mountains. Uh, like you do. Yeah. So things get worse when they piss off a local Indian tribe who begins to chase them through the frozen mountains. <laughs> and one of these Indians kills one of the men in the night, so now it's just Boone, four other dudes, and their horses. Ah, uh, okay. They eventually find an abandoned cabin and take shelter inside as snowstorms just keep on pummeling them. 
And eventually the men run out of all the food they have, so they're forced to eat their horses one by one. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, then they made snowshoes out of the horse hides, dried what meat they had left, and made their way out into the wilderness again, hoping to find civilization and safety. Man. Uh, pretty brutal. Yeah. Uh, after days of traveling through the snowy ab abandoned wasteland, they run out of the horse meat, and four of the six men become too exhausted to go on. So now Boonhelm and another guy by the name, name of Burton decide that they're not going to risk their lives by staying with the others. So Boone and Burton abandon them and go on alone. Okay. Just brutality of the old Wild West. Yeah. So they eventually figure out, figure out that there's an army fort called Fort Hall nearby, so they plan to go to the fort. Good plan. Eventually, though, Burton declared that he was too weak to go on. Oh. So Boone told him to stay behind as he went on to find Fort Hall. And he actually did find the fort, uh, but it was completely abandoned for winter and there was nothing inside. Oh, no! <laughs> so Boone returns back to Burton and the two decide to make a campfire. But as Boone is collecting firewood, he hears a gunshot and returns to a dead Burton oh. who had shot himself to escape the torture. Oh my god. Just terrifying. Yeah. So Boone then proceeds to cut off both of Burton's legs. Oh. He cooks and eats one of the legs and then wraps up the other leg to save for later and oh. continues on with the journey. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> That's horrible. Yeah, it's... Uh, I mean... Jesus! Uh, yeah, yeah, they could have... What? Well, okay, okay. my first question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why didn't they build the fire in the fort? Instead of, like, out in the wilderness. I guess Burton was too weak to get to the fort, okay, maybe. Okay, makes or, sense. Or maybe they were, you know... Building the fire to warm up, and then they'd go to the fort. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I should maybe should we talk about the morality of cannibalism? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I don't know, because... Uh-oh. Burton, well, Burton's dead, and Boone is, you know, dying. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a sketchy Ooh. subject. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to touch it. <laughs> no, nobody wants to touch it. I don't it. condone cannibalism. Oh, here's the thing. Interest, an interesting thing, though, is like that, that happened a lot. It in, did, In these yeah. Rocky Mountain crossings. Right. Um, the Donner Party. That party. Donner Party, uh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty it's horrible. famous one, but... I don't know. It's not a question I have to face today, so well, I'm yep. just knocking inside! <laughs> hey! Yes. Okay. Okay, so uh, Boone begins traveling through the snow again, and after a few days, he comes across an Indian man and begs the man to lead him back to the Indian camp. And the Native American eventually agrees, and but he tells Boone that his own family is starving and has nothing to feed Boone. Well, that sucks. Yeah, uh, so Boone responds by pulling out a giant bag of gold coins, okay. which he's been carrying this whole time. Jeez, come on. Uh, anyway, uh, so the two return to the camp. So Boone stayed with the Indians for about two weeks, and okay. he paid them $10 a meal. Uh, and since the Indians themselves were starving, the meals were usually a pile of ants and tobacco leaves. Oh, God! <laughs> yeah, oh. not great. Oh. So Boone eventually pulled out Burton's frozen leg, cooked it up, and offered it to some of the Indians, but did not tell them what it was. Okay. And they responded by telling Boone it was some of the best meat they had ever had. Yeah. Which is disturbing. Well, I mean, you've been starving. You know, I don't go eating uh, for, like, you know, eight hours or something like that, and I have a hamburger for McDonald's. I'm like, oh, this is the best burger I've yeah, ever true. eaten. So. And after eating ants and tobacco leaves, yeah. it, I, I guess, yeah. It's just God. kind of a dick move that he didn't tell them. Yeah. <laughs> well. yeah. Anyway, finally, after winter started to end, the Indian man guided Boone to Salt Lake City. And Boone thanked the Indian by not thanking him at all, <laughs> and then just walked into the city. <laughs> oh my God. He's just a dick. Yeah. So Boone soon found work in Salt Lake City, killing people who the Mormon authorities didn't like. Whoa! 
Which sounds like a very Mormon thing to do, though. Well, yeah, like, maybe. regarding <laughs> the history, I mean, we did talk about Brigham Young. That's true. We yeah. gotta get Bryce on the line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this didn't last too long, and the populace eventually ejected him from Salt Lake City for gambling, drinking, fighting, and killing people. Wait, I thought Salt Lake City was, like, a Mormon, like, only city at that time. Yeah, but I guess the, the general population didn't like him because he was just causing a ruckus. But he's drinking. Don't they not drink? Yeah. That's interesting. So maybe some rebel and I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so Boone then goes to, tra uh, he travels to San Francisco and he kills a few more people along the way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah. So a sympathetic rancher in California allowed uh, and befriended Boone and allowed him to, well, what does that mean? A you got to write better <laughs> or do. not write. You got to remember better. I do. <laughs> okay. So this rancher befriends Boone and lets him stay in his ranch to oh. avoid the authorities. Okay. Okay. So once the coast was clear, Boone thanked the rancher by murdering him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just terrible! This guy's the worst! Yeah, so for the next couple years, Boone spent his time robbing people and stealing horses and was able to escape all attempts to capture him. Mm. Uh, he eventually made his way to the town of Florence, Oregon. Okay. And in Florence, there was this guy by the name of Dutch Fred. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Dun yeah, so Dutch Fred... Dutch? <laughs> Dutch Fred. Dutch Fred was a gambler and a fighter, but he was also quite chivalrous and generous, and the townspeople kind of really liked him. Okay. So Boone decides that Dutch Fred has to go. Uh, wh <laughs> what? <laughs> That's it. There's oh. no explanation. No. So one day, Dutch Fred is with his friends in the saloon. Being all chivalrous. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. Oh. And Boone marches in, completely drunk, loaded revolver in hand, and challenges Dutch Fred to a fight. What? And Dutch Fred immediately jumps up and draws a knife, but the rest of the guys in the saloon are like, Guys, stop, this is idiotic. Yeah. So they stop the men from fighting, and they confiscate both of the men's weapons. Wow. At this point, Boone began to show a lot of regret for his actions, apologized to Dutch Fred, and left the building. Wow. But he returned a few hours later and politely asked for his gun back. Yeah. The saloon keeper handed Boone no. back his gun. And as soon as it was in his hand, Boone turned around and shot at Dutch Fred. Oh. The first oh. shot missed him, and Dutch Fred jumped up ready for a fight again. Go, Dutch Fred! Uh, but the second shot did not miss, and Dutch Fred fell down dead. Damn it! Yeah. Uh, Boone then pointed the gun at the rest of the crowd and yelled, Maybe some more of you want some of this! Uh, uh, to which nobody replied. Of course! <laughs> and of course, the whole town responded by trying to hunt down Boone Helm as soon as he left the saloon, but he did manage to escape to Canada. Wow, that's a long way to go. Well, I mean, he's in Oregon, so not too far. Still. Oregon's that square state in between Texas and Maine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For all of our, <laughs> our all of our friends who are international and may not know the state. That's true, that's true. James is lying to you right now. <laughs> so Oregon is in the very northwest corner of America, right above California. <laughs> Just underneath Washington. Yeah. 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 And then Canada. I don't know. May, you, our international listeners probably know the states better than we do. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just telling- okay, that, that was actually for the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. Okay. So. So, eventually, he's in Canada, okay. and the Canadian authorities got word that Boone Helm was wanted for both murder and cannibalism. Oh, they found so out about So Boone him. was forced to flee back into the States. Oh, okay. Uh, being chased by all sorts of police, vigilante groups, and such, uh, Boone was careful to avoid all major settlements. Oh, and he also probably killed and ate another person around this time. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> uh, however, they eventually caught Boone because he was exhausted and starving in the wilderness. Not many people out there, Boone! No, no. In the boonies. <laughs> Boone in the boonies. 
So, when asked if Boone knew anything about the guy he had eaten, Boone responded, Why, do you suppose that I'm fool enough to starve to death when I can help it? I ate him up, of course! Oh, God! <laughs> and the, oh. <laughs> the authorities ended up believing this because the man was never found, and pretty much everybody knew that ru they knew the rumors that Boone had eaten humans on more than one occasion. Jesus. Anyway, so they lugged Boone's ass to jail in preparation for trying him in court for murder and cannibalism. Uh-huh. It was about this time that Boone decided to call upon his brother for help. Oh, uh, okay. And his brother was a guy named Old Tex. These names are great. I know. <laughs> so Old Tex was not in Texas. He was actually in Idaho. <laughs> but Old Idaho doesn't sound as good, I guess. No, no. Anyway, so he's a miner in Idaho, and pretty much everyone loves him. Okay. Uh, he's a good guy. So while Boone was awaiting his trial, Old Tex arrived and secretly paid off all the witnesses to be used in the court I case. thought you said he was a good guy. Well, <laughs> it's the Old West, so uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So on the day of the trial, none of the witnesses actually showed up. Okay. <laughs> Thus, the judge was unable to convict Boone, and he was allowed to go free. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. So after Boone was free, his brother Old Tex had a bit of a talk with him and said, Now, Boone, if you want to work and make an honest living, go down to Boise with me. I have plenty of mining ground, and you can do well for yourself. But if you must fight and nothing else will do you, I will give you an outfit to go to Texas where you can join the Confederate armies and do something for your country. <laughs> what? What? Join the Confederacy? Well, yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> hey, okay, at least it's better than eating people? Well, I, I well, guess so. Well, <laughs> it depends on where you stand. Wait, 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 wait. Okay. I'm going to sound so dumb for asking this. Uh -huh. Was Idaho with the Union or the Confederacy? I, I think they were considered more of a border state. Oh. I, I don't even think they were a state. <laughs> That's, I'm going to sound really... <laughs> when was Idaho made a state? <laughs> Uh, 1890, so Idaho is not a state. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's so how is, how is old Tex from Idaho fighting with the Confederacy? <laughs> <laughs> Saving his brother from Oregon? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, yeah. God. Okay. American history. So, so Tex tells him, you know, be a miner with me or go fight with the Confederates. And Boone actually agreed to this. He went back with his brother and did some mining for a while, but quickly grew bored. So he decided to take his brother's other offer to join the Confederate army because by this time the American Civil, Civil War was in full swing. Okay. Uh, and things get a little muddled here, but it appears that Boone may have gone to Texas for a little, but he did not join the Confederate cause uh, like he had promised his brother. Of course not. He instead went to Montana uh -oh. <laughs> and began getting involved with crime once again. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Mm. Really nice, Boone. It's not. Yeah. Nice. yeah. Good mm. job. <laughs> God. So, as it turns out, Boone Helm, despite his cruelty, was not the biggest guy on the block in Montana. The biggest criminal in Montana at this point in time was a man by the name of Henry Plummer, uh -oh. who was the sheriff of Bannock, uh -oh. Montana, and he used this title as sheriff to hide the fact that he was also the leader of a gang of thieves and murderers. Uh-oh! Yeah. So it wasn't long before Boonhelm joined Henry Plummer's gang. Of course. Uh, now, as you can imagine, the local people of Bannock and the nearby Virginia city of Montana were not too happy that their sheriff was a criminal gang lord and was harassing and killing and stealing from all sorts of people. Yeah, I'm not gonna make you popular. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fucking sheriff, I mean. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, so a few of the men of the towns formed a vigilante committee, armed themselves, and planned a raid against Henry Plummer's gang in order to end the threat once and for all. All right! And that is where we will leave Boonhelm until we return to his death. We're gonna 
leave it with the good guys chasing after the bad guy. Who's a sheriff. Who's a sheriff. (laughs) And a cannibal. It's a classic caper. A tale (laughs) as old as time. Uh, Do you want to take a break or? Uh, I'm good. All right, let's do it. Let's go. So Samuel Colt's adult life. Now, when we left Samuel Colt, Mm -hmm. he was running around the country as a quack doctor launching fireworks and shit to demonstrate the uses of laughing gas. Right. Yes, of course you remember that. Now, remember, this man is calling himself uh, Dr. Colt, and he's not a doctor, Uh, but that's Mm -hmm. okay, because he's stopping the laughing... Wait, what? 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 Okay, that sentence doesn't make any... Fucking Mark... Now, remember... Hmm. The man calling himself Dr. Colt is not a doctor. Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. But that's okay, because he's stopping the laughing gas thing uh, and getting back into what he really cares about, and that is... Pineapple? Supremes? <laughs> guns, you idiot! Guns! He's an American! Guns, right. He wants his guns. Yeah. Uh, so with his new wealth, Colt made arrangements with some gunsmiths uh, in Baltimore to start constructing his weapons. Okay. He's modified his pepper box a little bit more at this point, if you remember. Pepper yeah. box is that... Shitty revolver. Sure. Um, now there's just one. Now there's just one barrel and a rotating cylinder. Oh. So it looks more like a cowboy pistol yeah. at this point, which is a huge advancement. Uh, also a good saving on cost, I bet. Yeah, sure. But anyway, he just got uh, he got a gunsmith named John Pearson to help build his new revolver. In 1835, when Colt was just 21, he left for Europe to get a foreign patent for his patent for his weapon, which he got, uh, and then he went right back to America and got a patent there too. And now he's all set up to go to. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. At 21! <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, Colt formed a, co- a corporation with some venture capitalists to get his guns into the field. Nice. Now, Colt's biggest contribution to the gun world is the fact that he did all he could to make sure his weapons had interchangeable parts, oh, which would not only cut out yeah. on expenses, but it would make them easily fixable in case of failure. Right, you could just, you know, change out the part rather than the whole gun. Right, which okay. reminds me a bit of Henry Ford. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get to that because uh Oh no. Cult Cult is actually No, not in the way you're thinking. Okay, good. Uh, he's not a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> it's it's 18 well, I was thinking more of a racist, which uh, Oh. Be... Well, he's not that. Okay. From what I can tell. Okay. So, uh what I did discover is that uh with these interchangeable parts and whatnot, he basically invented the assembly assembly line. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um so don't give Ford the credit. Take all the credit away from Ford. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, his revolvers were so good um, that he had a monopoly on revolver manufacture for something like 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so and his cult, uh, the cult company just completely explodes. Sure. Uh, in 1837, his family, or family, God, what is wrong with me? We're recording later than usual. That's what yeah, that's true. So his company had built 1,000 guns in nice. 1837. Uh, unfortunately, no one was buying them yet. The advertising plan they were using was demonstrations, much like Colt had been doing with laughing gas years before. Sure. But it's super not working. Oh. Uh, but that ain't gonna stop Colt. So he loads up his guns and heads to Washington, D.C. to show them off to none other than President Andrew Jackson. What a guy. Yeah, and guess what? Jackson liked the guns uh-huh. a lot. Huh. So much that he gave his official approval as president for what oh. Colt was doing. Oh. Uh, it helped a little, <laughs> oh. but sales were not great. Weird. I wonder why his endorsement wasn't greatly liked. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So to make matters worse, Colt was a wasteful spender. Mm. Uh, he used company money to buy himself a lot of expensive clothes and gifts for potential customers. Okay. Uh, he liked to buy them liquor because drunk clients are easy money. Uh, that didn't work as well as he'd hoped. <laughs> So he's selling drunk people guns. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The the American way. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) 
Uh, but things were looking bad at this point. Uh-huh. Um, but they got a little better when war broke out with the Seminoles in Florida. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah. There was a big order for revolving rifles that came in, and soldiers were across the board pleased with how the guns worked. Sure. And a revolving rifle is just basically a revolver with a long barrel and a stock. <laughs> they look <Weird>. awesome. <laughs> um, yeah. But anyway, so... Uh, they, they liked them so much, actually, uh-huh. that they took them apart to see how they worked. Uh-huh. Uh, this curiosity led to many of the guns breaking in the deconstruction <laughs> prog- process. So then the guns were, of course, useless, which is, yeah. of course, bad when you're fighting a war. <laughs> sure, yeah. So in 1843, things got bad enough that Colt had to close down his manufacturing plant. Mm-hmm. Uh, down but not out, Colt started selling underwater detonators and waterproof cable of his own invention. Hmm. He teamed up with Samuel Morse, inventor of Morse code. Oh, yeah. Uh, who used his waterproof cable to create telegraph lines that could withstand being submerged beneath the ocean. Wow. Uh, remember that thing I said about underwater detonators? Uh-huh. Yeah, that morphed into underwater mines, which okay. Colt demonstrated to President John Tyler, who really liked them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but there was another guy by the name of John Quincy Adams, who, oh, all these presidents, yeah. uh, who thought they were, uh, quote, not fair and honest warfare, and unchristian contraptions. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Okay. That's yeah. a whole other conversation. I, 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 I get it. I, yeah. I get it. It's not fair, not honest. I mean, plant and landmines out there. Yes. Or water mines in this case. If you use landmines, you're an atheist is what I read that as. <laughs> <laughs> All landmines are atheists. <laughs> uh, anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't want to step on them. You don't want to really step on anybody. <laughs> but I feel like if you step on an atheist, they're more likely to explode. <laughs> Probably, yes. My brother's listening to this. He's an atheist. I hope he gets a laugh out of that. But anyway, so Colt was working also on different kinds of cartridges uh, that he could use in his revolvers. Uh Uh, That's right. Even though he shut down his gun plant, he still was fascinated by firearms and kept working on them. Yeah. Uh, He had some success creating a tinfoil cartridge for muskets. Hmm. Uh, The advantage there was that the then-current musket cartridges were made of paper, which means if they got wet, your boomstick wouldn't boom, and that gloom and doom shan't loom. Not with tinfoil cartridges, anyway. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Right, okay, so they're waterproof. Right, they're waterproof. So, <laughs> you want me Dr. to say it again? Seuss over here with... <laughs> anyway, right. the army liked these cartridges uh, and ordered 200,000 of them. Okay. Which isn't that many, but, you know, it's... It helps. It helps. Yeah. Uh, with this new boon, uh, Colt... Heh, boon. With this new boon, Colt continued working with Samuel Morse on his waterproof cable. Hmm. He also tried to bring his arms company back from the grave, but that didn't work, so he just goes and builds a bigger pistol. <laughs> <laughs> so, about this time, a guy named Captain Samuel Walker of the Texas Rangers... Oh my gosh, yeah, what a name! <laughs> ...went looking for Colt. So, Captain Sam had used Colt's weapons in the Seminole War, and wanted a lot more of them to be used in the Mexican-American War. Oh, uh, Captain Sam found Colt lazing about in a gun shop in New York City. Ha 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 ha. Wait, what? 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 Why did I mark that ha 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 You ha, ha. told yourself to laugh. Lazing about in a gun shop in New York City. You don't get your own Oh, joke. I get it! I get it! I get it! What? There are no guns in New York City! There's no gun shops in New York That's City! That's the joke. That's the joke! <laughs> I'm a comic genius! Wow. You see... You, you mentioned uh, a gun shop in Baltimore earlier, uh-huh. and I almost made the same joke. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, uh, yeah, it would have been even funnier for me if it was in Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, so, city. 
Uh, Captain Sam, member Samuel Walker of the Texas Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> Walker of the Texas Rangers. <laughs> Wonder where they got the name for the show. <laughs> he finds Sam and he orders a thousand pistols. Yes. Uh, but he also told Colt that these pistols had to be even better than the old ones. Mm. They had to hold six shots instead of five and they had to be able to kill a horse with a single shot. Jeez, tall order. <laughs> yeah. The loading process also needed to be sped up. Okay. So, using the money from Captain Sam, Colt established a new company called Colt's Manufacturing Company. He began working with gunsmiths to produce the Colt Walker, which named after Walker. Sure, yeah, business, yeah. Right, so it was the most powerful black powder repeating handgun ever made. Jeez. The bullets were literally a half an inch in oh diameter. My God. And yes, they could kill a horse in a single shot. I wonder how they found that out. <laughs> probably by oh shooting God. a horse. They probably tested it on horses. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> oh, it's Animal Farm all over again. <laughs> Anyway, so these guns were a big success. Uh, they did a great job in the Mexican-American War. Okay. So there you go. Yeah. So Colt bought a bunch of machinery and started his own specialized gun producer called Colt's Patent Firearms Manufacturing Company. Uh-huh. The first revolvers produced were called the Whitneyville Hartford Dragoons. Uh, these became extremely popular with civilians on the frontier, uh, who would often be outnumbered by attackers, uh, usually natives on horseback who could fire ten arrows before you had time to load your musket. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, they had, being able to shoot six times in a row was helpful. Uh, yeah, that, that is nice. Yeah. So in 18 1950, uh, U.S. Army General, U.S. Army General Jefferson Rusk lobbied President James Polk to officially adopt Colt's revolvers into regular use in the U.S. military. Nice. He said of the weapons, "Quote, uh, what voice should I do here?" Um, a Spanish pirate. A Spanish pirate. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have only met one Spaniard in my whole life, and I wouldn't. Was he a pirate? He was probably a pirate. Most, most he was studying are. film. We pirated films all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so he said of the weapons, um, um, it's gotta be good. Yeah, it does. Uh, Colts, Colts repeating arms are the most efficient weapons in the world and the only weapon which has enabled the frontiersman to defeat the mounted Indian in his own peculiar mode of warfare. Okay, yeah, that pretty good. That fell off the wagon yeah, at the end. That's all right. But, you know, I'm not an actor, so... Well, a lot of Frontiersmen did fall off the wagons as well. <laughs> they were scalped. So at least we weren't scalped. Oh, oh my God. So, in 1850, USR... Oh, fuck, I already read that. <laughs> did you say the USSR? The US Army. Oh, okay. I didn't say that. So, Sorry. anyway... They're popular on the frontier, right? So, right. Another guy named Bedley McDonald, who had used <laughs> Colt's revolvers in Mexico, said that he uh, saw uh, 30 Texas Rangers hold off 500 Mexican soldiers, all thanks to Colt's guns. Jeez. Yeah, because, again, they had muskets, not, yeah. not revolving pistols mm. that you could load, like, you know, click, click, click. Yep. But anyway, so, wow. in 1851, Navy revolver uh, is... Uh, God, I was so tired when I wrote this. <laughs> you were. So, the Na 1851 Navy revolver, one of the most famous pistols uh -huh. uh, of the era, sure. is produced and becomes the standard weapon carried by officers in the U.S. military. Colt also sold these guns to Mexico. Hmm. We were at war with Mexico. <laughs> oh, uh, the then, American way. Yeah, hmm. so then he sells, starts selling his guns to countries in Europe, uh, basically going around saying, hey, uh, you know how your country just lost a war with a country that was armed with my weapons? Wanna buy those weapons? Yeah, that'll yeah. work, man. Hold on, my phone's ringing. Who is it? It's Samuel Colt. He oh, wants to sell you it's weapons. My, it's my idiot brother. Hold on, leave it going. Hello? Hello? Hey! What's... What's up? Today's episode is like the best one ever. He said today's episode is like the best one ever. I don't know if you heard that, audience. We're uh, recording right uh. now, Adam. 
What? You want to say something? You're you're on speaker. Say something to the listeners. That'll do. Yeah. (laughs) Anything else? Um, not really. Do you want to say something Uh, to Kato? To who? Kato, our Norwegian friend. Yeah, Kato's the best. Yeah, Yeah. Kato's the man. Representing Norway like a man ought to do. (laughs) Send that man a t-shirt. We are sending that man a t-shirt. He is the man. I'd like to ask all our listeners to say hello to Adam, one of our donors, who is also my brother. Everybody say hi. He can hear you. He he can hear... I think I can hear them, James. I think I can hear them saying hi. You, uh. <laughs> hello! We'll speak for you, listeners. Hello, Adam. Thank you for being a donor. <laughs> one of the two Adams. <laughs> okay. I think we should get back into this. I agree. A little bit of a little bit of a sidetrack there. So, uh, oh, real quick, I, I want to yes. say something. So Go. earlier uh, we mentioned something about atheists and landmines, <laughs> and you brought up your brother, right? Yes. And then he called <laughs> later on. So I've got a bit of a theory. Okay. And I just want to say, hello, Donald Trump. I'm thinking about you. So what? now, if he follows the pattern. He'll call us later, just like Adam <laughs> called you when we mentioned him earlier. Okay. Right? So it's just, just a hypothesis. Wait, you want Donald Trump to call the show? Yeah. <laughs> what do you want to say to him? I want him to build a wall around my house. <laughs> Why? <laughs> to keep me in. <laughs> I figured you'd say something like, to keep out the Mongol invader. Well, that too. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. 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 So... When we left Samuel Colt, he was selling guns to every country in the world, and they all wanted them. Uh, So he's like, I mean, he single-handedly created an arms race that profited him immensely. Uh, Twirling his mustache, smoking a cigar, and laughing prodigiously all the way to the bank. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So there was this guy working with Colt named Rollin White. Okay. Yeah. Uh, White had a crazy idea that Colt's weapons could get even better. Oh, no. So, you see, White thought that the future of the firearms lay within the production of metallic shells and getting them to work in revolvers. Huh. Right? Like yeah. we see today. Bullets are in metallic shells. Right. Uh, of course, Colt did the only obvious thing you could do when confronted with the future. Yes. Uh, he fired Rollin White, <laughs> oh. who immediately went over to Smith & Wesson and sold the idea oh, to them. Come on. <laughs> this will come up later. Yeah, I bet it will. So Colt built a larger factory called the Colt Armory. The factor, factory had an on-site employee housing, uh, and workers were scheduled for 10-hour shifts. Jeez. You could get fired for tardiness or even marginally subpar work. Oh. You could also get fired for suggesting improvements to his design. Uh, okay. Uh, so that went just that went for everyone, yeah. not just Rollin White. So in 1851, he was back in London trying to get a manufacturing 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 plant set up there. Mm. Yes. He gave away a lot of custom rifles to a bunch of officials in order to generate favor. They were all like engraved and shit. Yeah. Uh, he did the actual like actual 
actual gun shows, not the market-like shit you see going on today, but in the classic Dr. Colt way. Yeah. He did this one thing where he'd take apart ten different rifles and then use a piece from each one of them to assemble a unique rifle. Okay, that's pretty cool. Pretty actually. good demonstration, yeah. 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 Uh, two years later, he had a plant in London. Also, Charles Dickens was really impressed. <laughs> good. Uh, now, Colt wanted to keep expanding, but he kept running into problems with uh, getting audiences uh, with heads, foreign heads of state. Sure. Uh, you see, he was just a civilian, so getting an audience like that was hard. Okay, makes sense. Uh, so he got the governor of Connecticut to make him a lieutenant colonel in the state militia. <laughs> Apparently that made all the difference because he started getting those audiences after all. I'm guessing that sounds a lot better than it is. Yeah, I guess so. So anyway, Colt yeah. commissioned this battle artist named George Catlin to start incorporating Colt revolvers into his paintings. Oh, wow. uh, so like this is like one of the first instances of like... Uh, product placement yeah. uh, in history, which Interesting. is interesting. Yeah. So he hired people to write stories about his guns. Uh, he sent revolvers to people who said anything good about his product. Uh, the man was like a marketing legend yeah. uh, at this point. So wow. in 1856, he got married to a pastor's daughter, Elizabeth Jarvis, and had a giant-ass wedding on a steamship that included fireworks and rifle <laughs> salutes. <laughs> like he died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all that's very interesting. But do you know what time it is, well, James? No! It's time for the American Civil wow. War! Oh my god! That didn't exist. It was the War of Northern Aggression! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! I heard that so many times in Texas. I'm sure. Which is yeah. really funny. Um, yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Complicated subject. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's where we'll stop Samuel Colt, though. Okay. Uh, and when we come back to him, we'll be talking about his death and legacy. Okay. So this, that was it. You brought up the Civil War and... And that's it. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be... That some... was it for a lot of brave men, too. <laughs> brave boys yeah. gave their lives. Oh, God. Oh, we should not be joking about terrible. this. That was terrible. Jesus are... Christ. And we're back to we talk about dead people. <laughs> I am speaking through a toilet paper tube <laughs> because I am mature. <laughs> yeah, we're cutting that out. All right. So, we... Welcome back to We Talk About Dead People. Mm -hmm. uh, and fuck. <laughs> we, well, we finished with the uh, cult and the Civil War had just started. Right. Okay, so we're done with cult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Civil War starting. Mm -hmm. And we're going into Levi Boone Helms and Dan Death. Yes. Yes. Hold it together. Hold it together. Okay. So <laughs> when we last leave left <laughs> after all that, <laughs> so it's, uh, I'm just gonna say to listeners, like you said earlier, this is much later than when we usually record. Yeah. So just give us a break. Bedtime is five thirty. <laughs> yeah, and it is seven o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so so when we last left. Uh, Boonhelm, he was involved with the Hen Henry Plummer gang in Montana. Right. The, the, that sheriff dude. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so eventually the locals uh, got, they had enough, and they formed that vigilante committee to catch the guys in this gang. Anyway, three of the vigilante man men eventually found <laughs> Boonhelm in a street of some Montana town, <laughs> and they took him by surprise and captured him. That sounds like the beginning of some song. Boonhelm in a street in some Montana town. Yeah, baby. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's I, it. <laughs> I can't sing. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Welcome. Mm, yeah. No, if you want to hear me sing, ask me to sing a quote. Oh, G all right. G give us the money. <laughs> <laughs> and then so give, us, give us the quote, and then tell me how I should sing it. <laughs> Can okay. you mark that? <laughs> 
Okay, so these vigilante men, they, they captured Boonhelm in some street of a Montana shithole town. Okay. And uh, he responded, If I'd had a chance or if I'd guessed what you were all up to, you'd never have taken me. <laughs> Outsmarted this time, Boon, you yeah. dick. <laughs> yeah. So, so they, what did they do? Well, they captured him, and they captured four of the other gang leaders, uh, including Boone's friend Jack Gallagher. What about Plummer? They, he got away. Oh, damn. Uh, I okay. didn't look up what happened to him, but they didn't catch him. Okay. But they caught Boone and a couple of the, of the other big names, so it's a, st it's a step, right? Right, right. Yeah. So anyway, these five criminals were put before a vigilante court, uh, which is important because oh. it's not an official court. Right. But the citizens have no one else to turn to because their own fucking sheriff is the leader yeah. of the gangs. Oh. So they they hold court themselves, mm. yeah, which is kind of cool that they didn't just lynch the guys. They yeah, they held had court. court. Yeah, like I would have like my first thought when you say vigilante court is like, uh, oh, they're gonna lynch him. Yeah, like it's a mob. But, right. Okay. Uh, but they held like court. That. So Boone swore on the Bible that he had never killed or harmed anybody <laughs> and that he had been framed by his gang. Oh, God. He actually started blaming his friend Jack Gallagher, who was also caught, right. and told the court that it was Gallagher who had done everything that Boone was accused of. <laughs> Gallagher heard this and the two men started yelling and swearing at one another. <laughs> okay. Uh, in the end, the vigilantes didn't buy it and Boone and the other four outlaws were condemned to execution. Uh-oh. At this point, Boone started to see that the end was near... Uh, was near? Yeah, so he pulled one of the vigilantes aside, and he did end up confessing to a whole bunch of crimes. Oh, God. Yeah, so the five men were marched to the gallows to be hanged. Boone turned down the offer to talk with the priest and instead just asked for a glass of whiskey, which was given to him. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, here's here's the funny thing. The whole thing took quite a while to set up. The, the uh, execution? Yeah, the execution. Oh, okay, okay. So the gallows were being set up, and by this time about 6,000 people had gathered to Shit. watch, and it was taking a while, and Boone was getting pretty pissed off that it was taking so long. Okay. And what's also funny is that it appears that Boone had hurt one of his fingers somehow, and it was giving him quite a bit of discomfort. So as the vigilantes were setting up the gallows, Boone yelled out to them and to the crowd, For God's sake, if you're going to hang me, I want you to do it and get through with it. If not, I want you to tie up my finger for me. <laughs> God. Uh, Boone also watched as his friend Jack Gallagher was told to give up his coat before being hanged. And Boone responded to this by commanding, Give me that overcoat of yours, Jack. To which Jack yelled back, You won't need it now! <laughs> weird. Okay. Uh, anyway, things finally got put into place and the five men were put on the blocks with nooses around their heads. But the hanging still wasn't starting and everybody was getting impatient. Uh, one of the other outlaws, a man by the name of George Lane, decided he wasn't going to wait any longer. He exclaimed, Goodbye, old fellows, I'm gone, and jumped <laughs> oh, off of his standing block to hang himself, which was really dark. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Boone's response was to angrily yell out, There goes one to hell. Oh. Uh, Gallagher was next to be hanged, and as the block was removed, Gallagher fell, but he did not die instantly. Oh. And as he was struggling about and dying, Boone coldly commented, Kick away, old fellow. <laughs> Which was it was his friend. Oh my <laughs> yeah. god! And after Gallagher died, Boone stated, My turn next. I'll be in hell with you in a minute. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So before the vigilante executioners could remove the block under Boone, he yelled out to the crowd, Every man for his principles! Hurrah for Jeff Davis! Let her rip! <laughs> <laughs> and then he 
jumped off the block himself oh and he died. Oh my <laughs> god. Yeah. Well, okay, so let's dissect that yeah, real let's quick. Let's do it, yes. Okay, you've got a moral, philosophical statement. Every man for his principles, right? Well, yeah. Then you have political advertising for <laughs> Jeff Jefferson Davis. Who, for those of you who don't know, he was the president of the Confederate States of America. Right, right. Yep. So he's making a political statement, a philosophical statement, and then letter rip. <laughs> letter rip. I don't know what that is. <laughs> yeah, it's the words of an insane cannibal killer. I mean, that's when you say letter rip, it's almost like you, you're you know pushing the gas down so like right I, I, I don't know I kind of imagine like a, a lawnmower pole cord <laughs> starter cord yeah what a it's rip. just weird he jumped off the block and immediately became a lawnmower <laughs> <laughs> that's how death works ladies and gentlemen your lawnmower that you're using is actually a corpse <laughs> God. We cannot <laughs> No, no, we can. That one's fine. Uh. But we definitely can't say f Oh my god! Oh my No! No! Aaron, stop! Oh my god! Fuck! So back to Boonhelm. Okay. He just hung himself, or hanged himself. And uh, he finally died on January 14th, 1864. He and the four other outlaws are buried in Virginia City, Montana. And that's about it. He doesn't really have a legacy other than just being known as a dick. And a cannibal. Story of my life. <laughs> Wait, we had brats earlier today. Were those... I don't know. <laughs> so after all that craziness, I say it's time to move over to Samuel Colt's end and death. Yes. So, when we left Samuel Colt, it was time for the American Civil War to commence. Bang, bang, boom, boom. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Pain and suffering. Yes. Hurrah for Jeff Davis. Widows. Let her rip. Orphans. Oh, oh God. God. No, Sorry. Oh, okay. Uh, it's true. It is true. War is no joke. No. War is no joke. Unless it's... Unless it's... It's with the French... I don't know. No, that was... That's... It was too easy. That was too easy. Oh, I'm God. sorry. I ruined that whole setup. <laughs> I'm so ashamed uh, of you. No. Anyway, so, American Civil War. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, Colt sold weapons to both sides. <laughs> sure. Uh, this got him labeled a traitor. Oh, no. So he tried to sidestep this by becoming a colonel in Connecticut. Yeah. Uh, he had this idea of running a regiment armed entirely with revolving rifles and populated by, by men over six feet tall. Uh, oh, yeah. I, <clears throat> yeah. So they, <laughs> they be bigger targets. <laughs> like, I don't know, <laughs> but they're bigger men, so okay. better, obviously. Uh, which is why I have like a status complex with you because you're like a fucking mile higher than that's, I am. That's true. Yeah. So, this unit never took the field, though. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was discharged in one month. Oh. <laughs> and one year later, 1862, and out of fucking nowhere, Colt just dies of gout. Oh. Yeah. That's it? Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So, he's gone. Uh, when he died, he was worth about $350 million in today's dollars, which wow. isn't that much for an arms yeah, manufacturer. I guess so, yeah. Uh, but he left all of his money to his wife. Hmm. She then used this money to build a church in memory of her husband and the three children they had together who had all died of various illnesses. Yeah. Um, the church is oh. pretty much what you'd expect. Uh, the architecture is mostly marble with carvings of guns and gunsmithing <laughs> tools sculpted in. Okay. American Protestantism. Yeah, there it is again. There it is. <laughs> and that's where I'm going to stop because I'm just too tired to carry on. Yeah. Oh, God. So, 
I think I'm we should gonna... head to the surface. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should. Let's... Also, I'm really disappointed that President Trump didn't call me. <laughs> My hypothesis was a flaw. I could do a <laughs> shitty impersonation, like, I could just... or we could get Alec Baldwin to call in and do his shitty impersonation of Donald Trump. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, Alex... Alec Baldwin is a landmine. What the hell? Oh, that's what I said about atheists. Oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> mm. uh, okay. We're going to get we're, sued. We're going to get sued. Let's go up to the surface so we can meet with our lawyer. Yep. <laughs> Who's also a panda. James, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Boar hunting. Is that like a euphemism for something? Uh, no. It, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. I'm going to hunt for boar in the woods. I plan to make a shit ton of bacon and not share any of it. You doofus. Bacon comes from pigs, not boar. Yeah, I'm not going to even say anything to that. That's because I'm right, dipshit. Well... <laughs> I think it's time to bring the show to an end for today. Sorry. It's over already. I know. You're sad. I'm sad, too. <sighs> We're sad. Yeah, yeah. Tweet about your sadness. Tweet at us on Twitter about your sadness. Send tweet, tweet. Send us a tweet. Yeah. Just wait. We will respond. <laughs> we will. We, we, we do. Actually, Aaron responds. I haven't touched Twitter yet because I'm scared. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, feel free to send all your hate mail or hate tweets to we talk about dead people at uh, podcast at gmail.com. We will read all of it, and not long. If you hate us, you're probably right. If you like us, though, please consider funding the show by becoming a patron on Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com slash WeTalkAboutDeadPeople. Even as little as a dollar, as much as it costs to buy the Louisiana Purchase, helps horrendously. And if you're feeling really generous, two dollars gets you a shout-out. Though we'll probably give you a shout-out on Twitter anyway if you give a dollar. Oh, but two, one on the show. Yeah. Yeah. So even as little as a dollar, as much as that... Fuck. <laughs> Our cover art was created by the extremely gifted Ian Patterson of Ian Patterson Illustration. You can view more of his phenomenal work at www.ipattersonillustration.com. If you like funny pictures, go there. It's really funny. Uh, with all that being said, we'll close out and let Sound of Guns play you out. Ba 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 I think we should do that uh, that that thing you mentioned. Oh, the 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 quiz thing. Oh no, no, oh, no. no. <laughs> How about this? Okay, I'm gonna find a random quiz oh, on no. BuzzFeed. That is the worst thing. To and do. I'm gonna ask you all the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not gonna tell you what the quiz is. All right. Fair enough. Uh, okay. So we yeah what uh nothing what <laughs> the listeners are gonna be like you you guys play buzzfeed quizzes yeah so dumb yeah well it is well, dumb it is that's dumb. the point <laughs> okay yeah. so if you could pick something to eat right now what would it be eggs avocado wait oh i've got an option to answer that yeah. then i'll give you the option i was gonna say french people what is it with <laughs> you and the french for god's sake <laughs> anyway uh, okay eggs Avocado, salad, chicken, bacon, or stew? Oh, stew. That sounds pretty good right now. God, that's not what I would have picked. Okay, stew. Uh, in the morning, what is usually your first waking thought? Why am I alive? <laughs> see if there's one that kind of matches that. Uh, it, good morning, have a nice day. I'm really very hungry. Just five more minutes. Why now? Damn it. Here we go, another day. Oh my god, where am I? Did I already read that one? I don't know. I don't know. Let's go with, oh my god, where am I? Okay. Pick a drink! Water, a Negroni, a uh, Coke, lemonade, mimosa, or warm milk? Water. Okay. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> <I'm> boring. <laughs>
Quaker. Quaker ass. Pick one of these unpopular foods. Cilantro, chopped liver, broccoli, oyster, raisins, gorgonzola cheese. Broccoli. Mmm. Man, we are not on the same page. Okay, pick pizza. Supreme, ham and mushroom, meat lovers, margarita, Chicago style, or cheese. Chicago style, we're from Chicago, gotta go Chicago style. Uh. Which just means it has a lot of bullet holes in it. <laughs> Finally, pick an appetizer. Meatballs, tacos. Tacos are... Tacos, 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 tacos. I didn't even read you. I don't care, it's tacos. I'm gonna read them to you anyway. Fuck. Crostini, skewers, uh, cheese board, bruschetta, or sliders. Tacos. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so... Fucking wasting my time! <laughs> Which meal are you? You got snack. You're consistently down for whatever, and your reliably salty self always rises to the occasion. That's what makes you so fun, even though, okay, sometimes you can go overboard. All right, all right. Fair enough. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you should find one for me. Okay, I'm gonna... Yes, let's, let's do that. Yeah. All right, I have found a quiz for you. Okay. I'm not going to tell you what it's a quiz for. Okay. Uh, I'm just going to ask you, and there's a few questions, so we're going to get through this as fast as we can. Okay. Pick an animal. Bulldog, bear, wolf, fox, hawk, crocodile, lion, eagle, or tiger? Hawk. All right. Choose a color. Silver, white, blue, purple, red, gold, indigo, turquoise, or green? Silver. Okay. And what is your favorite hashtag? Oh, uh, Turnt? Or hashtag... Returned, hashtag winning, hashtag baller, I'll pass thanks, hashtag TBT, hashtag swag, hashtag selfie, YOLO or YAS? Yes, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I would have to say hashtag swag. Swag, yep. All right. Who is your favorite superhero? Okay. Just pick. Captain America. <laughs> uh, does Katniss Everdeen count? <laughs> that's, that's an option. Are you sure you want to stick with Captain America? No. I don't even like Captain America that much. Uh, choose a college major. Political science, English, physics, engineering, art, history, economics. I'd rather be street smart, finance, or public relations. Uh, probably should have gone into finance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, pick a Harry Potter character. Dumbledore, Luna Lovegood, Draco Malfoy, Hermione Granger, Hagrid, Sirius Black, uh, Weasley, or Professor McGonagall, or Ron Weasley. Oh, God. Wait, there's two Weasleys. Luna Lovegood. Good choice. What is your favorite cheese? Cheddar. <laughs> okay, I wasn't gonna list them. There's too many cheeses. Uh, pick an actress. I'm just going to pick <laughs> Penelope Cruz for you. Uh, okay. Choose an adverb. Amazingly, swiftly, independently, greatly, respectfully, exceptionally, fiercely, or dramatically. Fiercely. Yes, yes. All right. Um, what period in history do you really belong in? That was what the quiz is for. Okay. And you got Edwardian England. <laughs> That's perfect. Big, bold, and brash, uh, but with a dash of style, that's you in a nutshell. <laughs> when you're as royally awesome as you are, who cares about the haters? The sun never sets on a cool cat like you. You lead a fabulous <laughs> life of leisure and have a, your crumpet and eat it too. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, well, perfect. Fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to give you one more. Uh -huh. All right, so pick a celebrity. Lady Gaga, Cardi B, Selena Gomez, Rihanna... Donald Glover, Bruno Mars, Janelle... God damn, there's a lot of these guys. Um, Just pick from those. Lady Gaga. <laughs> okay. Uh, it takes forever to scroll down because... It's... Which of these exotic pets would, pets would you like to own? Scorpion, crocodile, iguana, bush baby, flying squirrel, Bengal cat, capybara, llama... Capybara! <laughs> Definitely a capybara. 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 
Capybara. I don't know. Uh-huh. What is the career of your dreams? Doctor, lawyer, athlete, singer, construction worker, president of the United yep, States. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't even get to yoga instructor. Oh, it's the same thing. Uh, right. <laughs> what is your favorite dessert? Cake, cookies, ice cream, cupcakes, candy, tiramisu, pie, brownies, puddings. Ice s'mores. cream, ice cream, I guess. Okay. This one has so many options. Yeah, it does. Uh, which of these princes from Disney is the ultimate Disney daddy? Prince Eric, the Little Mermaid. Uh, Prince Naveen from The Princess and the Frog. Uh-huh. Uh, Flynn Rider from Tangled, John Smith, Pocahontas. Prince Philip, Sleeping Beauty, pr- The Prince from Snow White. I don't know. Prince Charming from Cinderella. Lee Shang from Mulan. Oh, let's go with Lee Shang. I'll pass on these. That's an option. Oh, I'll you pass. Can, I'll pass. pass. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which of these fictional places would you most like to visit? Hogwarts? The Star Wars Galaxy? Mm. Narnia? Wonderland? Wakanda from Black Panther? Which is is so funny, because there's a Wakanda here in Illinois. In the suburbs of Chicago, there's a Wakanda. It's so lame. (laughs) (laughs) I was laughing my ass off when I heard the place was named Wakanda. Uh, Bikini Bottom, Emerald City, Neverland, Halloween Town from the Nightmare Before Christmas, or Sesame Street. I'm disappointed there's no Middle Earth, Yeah, uh, but I will go with uh, Sesame Street, because I don't know my ABCs, and I need to learn. Gotta learn. Finish this sentence. On Friday night, I am usually at the club, in bed, working a late shift, watching TV, at a concert, surfing the internet, chilling with a group of friends, at the gym, co- uh, cooking up a feast, or hosting a party. What was that about a feast? <laughs> cooking up a feast. I am cooking up a feast. Okay. I can't cook, but that's what I want to be doing. <laughs> okay. Drink of choice. Shots. Martini. Shots. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, but there's water at the end. No, I want shots. <laughs> Where would you like to go on your next vacation? China, France, oh, Morocco, no. Japan, Ireland, Netherlands, Mexico, mm-hmm. Australia, Bahamas, or Germany? See, the problem with this is we have listeners in most of those countries, <laughs> and I don't want to piss them off, so I'm going to say the safe thing. We don't have any listeners in Morocco as of yet. So but I w- we don't have any in China either. That's true. Mm-hmm. I'd still rather go to Morocco than China. That seems pretty cool. So if you weren't trying to suck off our listeners, which one would you have picked? Uh, Morocco. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like Morocco, which is just so fan. (laughs) It's fan. It's fancy. Funsy. Which of these activities is on your bucket list? Skydiving, bungee jumping, doing a color run, swimming with manatees, finishing a creative project, learning a new language, swimming with manatees. (laughs) It's so cute. Okay. We'll reveal, tell us 10 things about yourself and we'll reveal who you were in your past life. You got pirate. (laughs) Some of your past life. Absolutely. Probably a Spanish pirate. Some of your past life must haves include elaborate hats, ruffled shirts, leather eyewear, and of course, booty. Send this to a friend who's on point, who's as on point as a peg leg. Oh God. I fucking hate BuzzFeed. Jesus. All right. Somebody is texting me like mad. Is it Donald Trump? It's fucking Donald Trump!